Tech Talk. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. This is News Talk. Yeah, you are very welcome along to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up over the next hour, we'll talk through the biggest gaming news of the last wee while. And we'll look at the disappearance of GameStop and Argos and what that means for buying your favourite gaming titles. Plus, later in the show, we'll look at AI in photography. As always, you can email the show techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Instagram at jesskellynt. But we're going to start this week with gaming because, as ever, there is so much going on. Uh, There is plenty of news. There are plenty of new titles. And there has been the disappearance of a few very good gaming retailers. Uh, John Riley of TheEffect.net is with me now. John, how are you? Good. How are you, Jess? I'm great now, thank you. Um, As ever, it's been a while since we've spoken, uh, but there's plenty of bits and pieces from the world of gaming that I feel like we need to talk through. And me being me, we need to start with the Switch 2 rumours. Where are we with that? Yeah, so usually with the summer months, you wouldn't expect such uh, kind of prominent rumours to start surfacing. But I guess in the last couple of weeks, there's been some serious noise made around the Switch 2. Um, well, it's that we don't even know that's what it's going to be called. But there's some rumours flying about that the new handset is currently deep in development Um Developer units have gone to some prominent partners, so game developers have been sent the new units uh, or the, the new device to start working on their games for it. And we're looking at maybe, again, if rumours are to be believed, uh, a H2 or the end of next year release or uh, launch. And Gamescom, it's one of the, the biggest gaming events happening uh, in Cologne in Germany at the end of August on the 23rd of 23rd of August and rumour again if it is to be believed is that it could be revealed there because Nintendo are attending so mm. it's, it's 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 all it's all a buzz and as as we all know the, the, the Switch as you know is incredibly successful they've announced that they've sold about close to 130 million units since its launch in 2017 so incredibly popular so people's appetite for this new handset is is through the roof yeah because it really does um serve a purpose in the gaming ecosystem because obviously you've got your big consoles uh, so whether that is ps5 or the xbox then you've got the pc gamers but in terms of handheld consoles switch really does dominate that market yeah, like it, and it's the convenience aspect. It's it's really is the IP they have, the titles, the exclusivity of the Mario titles, the Legend of Zelda, and I just I have no idea how they continually make these these um, endless Mario games, these you know ge- generational Zelda games, and they just have to be played because they just you have no other option if you're a gamer in to a certain capacity because they do such a good job of developing these games. So I know that the Steam Deck, I'm not sure if you're aware of, came out mm. last year. Yeah, and that's obviously like a portable PC. But again, it's kind of playing to the PC market, these avid PC gamers, these guys that, that like to tweak their settings, get the best they can out of this little portable device. But when it comes to the Switch, you either download your title, pop in the little uh, cartridge into the top, and that's the game you get. And it's incredibly creative most of the time these titles as i said the mario karts the super mario odysseys the legend of zelda titles um so like 130 million units later tells you just how successful of a console it is given its hybrid nature dock it at the tv take it with you in the, you know when you're out and about it's so good yeah i'd be interested to see what form the if the, the rumors are true and if there is a switch to what form it would take because we have 
three switches now. So there's the switch, which is the normal one. There's the switch light. And then there's the OLED, which was the latest version. And the screen on the OLED is far superior to the switch light. But for someone like me, who just wants to, you know, faff around on a switch whenever they've got a free minute, it is the ideal console. So I assume if they are going for a second generation or whatever the terminology is, it would be closer to a hybrid original switch uh, culmination rather than another switch light. Yeah, no, that's a very good assumption. And you'd like to think that they're not going to spoil um, a successful recipe, but you know, you kind of have to look back at, at kind of Nintendo's history of consoles. They've never necessarily done a sequel as such. I know back way back at the start, they had the Nintendo Entertainment System, system or the NES, and then they went on to the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. So system that could be seen as a sequel but then from then on in it was like the nintendo 64 then they jumped to the gamecube then they jumped to the wii then they jumped to the wii u again a slight evolution but again not a direct sequel as such only a name potentially so the switch now obviously has been one of the most successful consoles in the last 10 years or so um so they i think if the rumors are to be believed there is a portability aspect in, involved with this new handset so they know that people love that versatility like you said and the convenience to be able to play it at home on the tv and then pull it out of the dock and off you go on your adventures so yes i i do feel it will be a hybrid device again a portable device but you just don't know what nintendo you know no one expected the Wii to come out and do mm. what it did so the switch similarly so you just don't know where these guys are going to go it's exciting times. It is, but I really don't have space in my house for another big console thing, so I really hope it is a portable one. Um, but the the notion of the portable thing, right, of the portable console, as I said, I'm really into it. I think it's great. Last week on the show, we were talking to James Keto from Samsung about the new foldable devices. And he was saying that the Fold 5 or the Z- Fold Z5 or the Galaxy Z5 Fold, I always get those names wrong, um, is great for gaming. And we've spoken in the past about this thing of, you know, tapping into your favorite games on the go on your phone. Is that something that's taken off? Like, do you, a big gamer and a tech nerd, do you play games on your mobile? Um, I wish I did more and you would like to think I would, but it's purely because I have the, the standalone consoles that give me the best fully visual graphical experience that I'm like, I see gaming on 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 mobile as something that's just, is, I don't want to say second tier because it absolutely isn't, but I just feel like I get the best experience on the dedicated consoles. That being said, obviously, mobile gaming is one of the biggest kind of uh, sectors of of gaming in general. It's incredibly enormous. So I totally understand where, where he's coming from. Um, Look at obviously, and then those new handsets, the Z Fold Five is one of the most impressive pieces of tech you know launched this year with the with the the new Snapdragon processor. It's probably you know visually you could get games equally on par with what the Switch is doing, given how old the Switch kind of graphic graphical capabilities are from 2017. Um, so absolutely, like there's definitely gamers out there that are going to be using these new devices as their standalone portable gaming devices. They're not even going to be bothered with the Switch because you can't get the likes of Call of Duty, say, and the other kind of more adult themed uh, uh, games on the Switch so for the more kind of serious gamer that likes their online gaming um, they've got the Call of Duty mobile title there's a new Call of Duty Warzone version coming to mobile in the in the coming weeks that again is going to um, please a lot of gamers so I definitely see it's, it's, it's eating a lot into the, the mobile gaming um, market 
purely mm. because we all have phones in our pockets. I know PlayStation brought out what was their P- PS Vita, which was their last great uh, portable handheld console. And I think they came out and said, look, at mobile phones are just destroying this option of having these standalone devices. Nintendo are accessible as they are, because like I said, they've got those IP, they've got Zelda, they've got Mario, they've got Kirby, they've got all the other titles, the Animal Crossings that you're not going to get on mobile. So that's what's giving them their success there. But everything else then can be ported to a mobile device. Yeah, I'm interested to hear, like, if you are somebody who plays those big titles on your phone, email me, techtalk at newstalk.com, because we've spoken about these things before. Like, you've talked about the subscription pass that you can get and then you can download and you can play anywhere. But I don't, like, I never see anyone on the Lewis going 90 playing a game on their phone. Do you know what I mean? I just, I haven't seen it myself. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. But uh, I'd just be intrigued to know. And as you said, like, the, the likes of the PS Vita and all the rest and the... Was it the PSP back in the day as well? Yeah. Was that one? Yeah. Like yeah. that, um, they were cool. But again, I think people do just go back time and again to, to the old school PlayStation consoles or the, the traditional console that plugs into the telly and the Xbox yeah. as well. Has Xbox ever dabbled in the portable thing? Well, I think with the, they, they took a completely different route. Like you mentioned there, the subscription service or the, the Play Anywhere. So I think we spoke about it a few times in the past, the cloud-based systems yeah. that they've they've developed. So they've really pushed forward and offering um, access to their Xbox Game Pass subscription on as many devices as possible. So you could download it on, on your iPad, on your new smartphone, um, and then obviously your console lets you stream from the cloud also. So over the over the last number of years, I think it's been five years since it's been officially kind of baited or released under kind of um, as a trial service that they've been tweaking and editing and 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 providing the service. So they have kind of like um, partnerships with with kind of third party developers that have created these adapters that you you snap onto your phone to let it create turn your phone to what it basically looks like a controller with a screen in the middle mm-hmm. um, again to help you play these cloud based systems but they haven't necessarily created a dedicated system themselves or a dedicated handheld system they've partnered with the likes the likes of Asus um, with their latest uh, ROG Ally I think I'm if I'm correct it's a kind of a portal portable Android slash game PC no sorry it's a piece portable gaming um handheld to compete with the Steam Deck that kind of has a lot of um support from from Xbox and their Game Pass kind of play anywhere cloud-based system so it's it, there's mm-hmm. a lot of kind of nuances and uh, updates and and um, features being launched by these different developers and like I said Xbox that it, people are getting a better opportunity to play any game they want anywhere in the world on any device so it's it's really the gamers are winning with these these, these developments. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking of you earlier in the week because there was the story that, uh, you know, more and more of us are spending more and more money on on subscription services and maybe traditional TV is dying out. And a point that I made in a meeting was that it's not just paying for your Netflix and your Disney Plus. There are people who would have something like the Xbox Game Pass on top of cloud storage and all the rest. Like it really does all add up when you feed them all in. I, it's yeah. You, you really, I can only imagine how many people are listening that have to start to kind of go delegate out their 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 spending. Going, I can, I want this. I'm an average gamer. This is the best value for me in my moment. I know in my life right now, I don't need Spotify. I only listen to podcasts on there. Whatever it is, every every one's story is different, but absolutely, it will will totally add up. Like, well, how many subscription services are there now that you need to fork out for? You know, the likes of even you know, I watch so much YouTube, but I feel mm-hmm. there's a twelve euro fee 
that's people are paying to kind of to to, to stop the ads to, to pay for YouTube premium and it's mm. 12 euro a month and I personally feel I'll take the hit with the ads rather than because 12 euro is just a bit too much for me just to get rid of ads that also would give me access to YouTube music but I'm paying for Spotify so it's th these decisions I have to make personally that I'm like I'm not spending on that I'll spend it on this I pay for Game Pass I don't pay for PlayStation Plus right now the other gaming kind of subscription service on the PlayStation, yeah, it's, it's it could go crazy money if you start to subscribe to everything and don't keep a check on the cost of it all. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned YouTube. YouTube is my non-negotiable. I will let go of pretty much everything else before I let go of my YouTube premium. Like you, I watch so much stuff and I just, I've become that millennial stereotype of being a spoiled brat and not being able to tolerate ads. I just think it's absolutely like shocking. Now, but again, I'm happy to pay for that. But what I have done is like I've had a busy few weeks, so I've cancelled my Apple TV and my Netflix because I haven't been sitting at home watching stuff. Do you know that way? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we have to be more active when it comes to, as you say, like weighing up on an ongoing basis if you're getting value for money from your subscriptions. And if you're not, like most of them are 30 day rolling contracts. So if yeah. you are having a busy month or you're away or whatever, cancel and then you can resubscribe. Anyway, that's an aside. Uh, I want to talk to you about the tech stores uh, or the gaming stores in just a few minutes time. But before we do, I want to talk to you about Starfield, uh, which is coming soon, we think. Yeah, so this is a huge, huge title that's about to launch on September 6th for the Xbox, the new Xbox consoles, the Series X and S, and then also for PC. So this is a big moment for for, for Xbox to kind of sh to really showcase their exclusive title that isn't coming to PlayStation. These guys are Microsoft, should I say, bought um, a company called Zenimax Media back in uh, March 2021. And Zenimax Media is the parent company of Bethesda Softworks. So it kind of filters down to the, to the fact that Bethesda Softworks um, owns the game developer called Bethesda Game Studios. So your listeners may or may not know these guys have been developing games for decades and have created some of the, the largest role-playing games of all time, be it the Elder Scrolls franchise or the Fallout franchise. Uh, so now Starfield is imminently launching and it's coming, as I said, to the new Xbox consoles and to PC. This is the first time Bethesda has made a new franchise in over 25 years. So like, there's a lot mm. of there's a lot of hype in this. It's as, as the name might suggest, it's it's based in space. It's incredibly enormous kind of uh, free roaming game. Um, we've been told there's over a thousand planets you can visit. You can really create your own character, create your own, your own story, do what you want to do, become who you want to become. And it was originally meant to launch last November, if I, if I remember correctly, November 11th, 2021 or 2022, should I say. But now they've fought, you know, like, like we've said many a time, Cyberpunk came out too early or Cyberpunk 20, 2077 came out too early and died a death in the in the in the eyes of the public because of how, how, how glitchy and unprepared it was. So I think Microsoft took the incredibly brave step to delay this game by what is what, 10 months to give Bethesda Game Studios the time to make sure it's as polished as possible and the hype is really building and I personally am very excited to kind of see exactly just how big and how how in adventurous this game is going to be. Yeah, I can hear the excitement in your little voice. Uh, we will definitely obviously bring a review and of course you can read the reviews on theeffect.net. Uh, John, stay with me because when we come back we are going to talk about the disappearance of GameStop. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. Welcome back to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. John Riley of TheEffect.net is still with me. Uh, before the break, we were talking through some of the gaming news of recent times. Um, but one thing I really wanted to talk to you about, John, was the disappearance of GameStop. 
because there's uh, a friend of mine here in the office, Kira Tracy. She's been on with us a few times reviewing different Switch games. Her little heart was broken when she paid a deposit for the Harry Potter game on um, on the Switch uh, from GameStop. She put down her 60 quid and she was all excited and then she realised the shop had disappeared. And I was like, oh, go to Argos and get it. But your Argos is gone. So bit by bit, we're kind of losing those good retail, like physical stores to go and get your games. Yeah, it's it's kind of becoming um, not a fantastic environment for, for people like your like here that just wants to kind of pick up a physical game when it launches, have the cartridge or have the disc, play that title and potentially trade it back in, give it to a friend, whatever they may do. It's it's I don't see it as a case of um well, it's not that the you know, they're being pushed to the digital stores of these different consoles, which is technically what is happening because I think COVID had a massive impact on how people downloaded their titles or got access to the titles because we know stores were physically closed. You just couldn't get games in, in physical format. So I think the, the, it, it's it's shifted to, I think in the UK anyway, that 75% of new kind of game purchases are done digitally, which only 15% say are being bought in stores over there. So it's 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 a it's a big shift in how the market works and how people kind of consume or purchase their, their media. I personally have all I've I've always been more of a digital uh, download person anyways. But I can understand there's definitely friends of mine that, that write for the site that were always the 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 old school, get the physical con, con get the content, get that. And as I said, either trade it in, make a bit of money back or give it to a friend or whatever else. I just like having the, this collection of physical titles in their home. So, yeah, there's a big shift happening, which is probably not ideal. Yeah, no, it's it's not great because like I know so many people who would do that thing of buying a title, playing it and then trading it in and putting that money against a new game or whatever it might be. And I just think it sort of feels like we're being screwed a little bit into just working one way when it comes to gaming. Like where else are is there now to, to buy physical games and consoles? Yeah, so I think your best bet for listeners in Ireland anyway is is Smith's. They're, they're still going strong. They've got still some prominent stores across the country and they've got some really good gaming sections in those stores that if, you know, if a new console launches, be it the new Switch now next Christmas, is you know, if it hopefully. does arrive, hopefully, that they should, fingers crossed, get some, you know, get, get the dogs kind of, or the the, the 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 designated kind of allocation of, of of units for the country as such. I know other stores like Harvey Norman may be able to get some allocation. You've got Curry's as well that kind of dabble in 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 gaming and offer these consoles, but they're not. Inter- when it comes to consoles, you might have better luck. But when it comes to kind of the more prominent or less prominent titles coming out in physical format, um, you mightn't be as lucky with the likes of Curry's or Harvey Norman. Say that even you know, um, Tesco. In the UK, have come out come out recently and announced that they're no longer going to be stocking games in their UK stores, which we feel is going to be the same here for Irish stores. If if we kind of taken if we were to look um, in the last couple of weeks, I don't know if there's the, the option to get physical games. So you are looking at at Smiths as your best option option for brand new titles physically in the country, uh, and then Amazon, really Amazon.co.uk. That you know now and again I've bought one or two physical titles off there because um, you know the the value is there. I know we all should should try and support local. You know, people in physical stores, staff, employees, all that. But when when, when you kind of want, you're busy and you just want to kind of purchase a game and get it delivered to the house on the day it launches or wherever it may be, Amazon is also an option too. Mm. It does really feel like we're kind of being pushed to the digital downloads or things like the the Game Pass option. Um, 
which is fine like I prefer the game pass option rather than paying for a digital download because once you've played the game and if you get bored of it or if you don't like it you've paid full whack and these games like we always talk about it these games aren't cheap like I know that there's hours and hours of gameplay involved and all the rest but like some of these games can be 80 quid which is a huge amount of money Again, yeah, it's, it's people's prioritization, and I absolutely agree. They've all gone up about about a ten a tenner since this new console generation has come out because of the the development costs have become so expensive, and these games have to look their best and play their best, and there's hundreds of people working four or five years on these titles. So I kind of I understand that, and you need to support the industry too. But yeah, eight euro a pop is not cheap whatsoever. So you're looking at the value aspect as you said there you go to the imax cinema in cineworld it's 17 18 euro for a ticket and that's a two three hour movie um mm-hmm. you pay 80 euro i know that's four times as much or whatever maybe but you're getting games thank you know if you can pick out the larger rpg titles the larger open world titles you're looking at maybe 50 60 70 hours if you kind of put that if you want to be a completionist you want to get all the the collectibles, whatever it may be. Again, it's purely priority based. Where do you want to put your hard earned cash? Again, as you know, I'm a big gamer. I'm happy to spend that 80 euro on a new game, knowing I'm going to get a a very um, high level production value experience. Uh, But Mm. yeah, I can understand. You've got the secondhand option too. CEX have obviously stores across the country and I've I've used them as well. For for titles I don't want the day they come out, knowing that if they're single player titles that people won't be holding on to, they'll finish and they'll trade in. Like the likes of Hogwarts Legacy, I never actually picked up back in the day, but now I'm tempted to go into CEX in the coming weeks, pick up a secondhand title and play it then and get it for much less cost than it was when it originally launched. So there is that option too. People are able to kind of hedge their bets go look at i don't need it right now i don't need it on the launch day i'm happy to wait let people play it before me trade it in and then i'll play it when i get a chance to pick it up because there's so many games to play as is you mentioned game pass there's hundreds of games on there so you're not going to fit yeah i know you're not going to play them all but there's so many there's so many hours and thousands of hours of time and gameplay on there that you don't need to be buying the brand new titles straight away and spending eight euro pop yeah no absolutely and it is just worth kind of shopping around and not feeling pressure i suppose to buy the huge big titles for 80 quid a pop like as you said there's there's so much choice um you mentioned smith's there a second ago they have cut the price of the ps5 they have um just uh, well international well in europe anyways playstation have 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 cut made a, a big cut to the cost of the console which kind of people did and did not see coming because only last year did they knock the price up from mm-hmm. 400 euro to 450 for the digital edition and then from 500 euro to 550 for the disc based edition now this price cut only applies to the disc version or the disc drive version of the ps5 so it's gone from 449 euro down to Sorry, it's gone from 549 euro down to 469. So that's a cut of 80 euro for the brand new for the PS5 console. People feel this is happening because there's a rumored PlayStation 5 Slim edition coming. As we know, if we, you know, we kind of forget about these consoles and then you go, oh yeah, every generation they've been doing this since the PS1. We're a couple of years into the life life cycle of a console's um or a couple of years into a console's life cycle, they'll bring out these slimmer, more cost-effective uh, versions of the type of the consoles for people to kind of get in on get in on the action. So they feel this is kind of getting this old stock off shelves whilst they're prepping this new slimmed-down version of the because the PS5 is a bloody beast. So they do need to slim it down. So rumor is we're going to see that next month actually when the new uh, they'll announce the new slimmed-down version. And just remind me this: how will that differ from the digital version? It'll just te- it'll technically be the same as the digital um, in in processing power, but what the what the rumors are, are, are pointing to is that there's going to be a detachable disk drive. So you, everyone will be able to pick up this now standalone 
unit, the new slim version, or just basically the new PS5. And if you want a disk drive to to add to the console, you're more of a physical game, like we've just been speaking about, you're more of a physical games person. Um, you can buy this additional disk drive, attach it to the side or whatever. We don't even know how it's going to work as such, but it'll be, you plug it into the this new slim model to let you insert then dis, di, di, uh, discs to play if you have physical discs to play. But are we going to have the same stock issues? Because do you remember for the first, like, I think 17 years of the PS5, we were talking about uh, stock shortages and all the rest. Like, are people, if they want a PS5 and they don't really care about the size of it and all the rest, are they better off availing of the cheaper price of the PS5 disk drive or waiting for the slimmed down version? Um, they definitely the stock levels have absolutely improved. So I don't think many listeners will have much difficulty. This you know coming into the this this I don't want to say the c word this Christmas period. It is August, um, but I've said okay. it. Uh, yeah, I I really don't think there's going to be difficulty. We're three years in now. These consoles or the PS5 launched in November 2020, and yeah, that was an absolute a nightmare of a shortage for people trying to pick one up. But now three years in, they have come out officially to say, look, the stock should be way way more accessible, and this new unit could this new slim version could actually be cheaper um rumors are pointing it at 399 like the di- like the digital version um which is actually didn't get the price cut so they're playing around the prices you might wait another month or so to see once the rumors are to be believed they announce this new slim down version and then you can see what one works out best for you um in terms of value but uh yeah mm, interesting times as ever um are there any other titles you mentioned that conference that's taking place in august are there any other titles that we're expecting to come out between now and the c word yeah, there's, there's a, yeah, the C word. Uh, there's um, play, PlayStation, like we just mentioned, the PS5 is going to have its next big flagship title of Spider-Man 2. Like This Thank is you. getting, yeah, it's going to be enormous. It's, you know, the, they've launched a couple of trailers on YouTube. They've got over 10 million views, 12 million views. It's like, it's like you know, a cin- it's like a big cinema event, like a big Spider-Man movie is coming out, if not bigger, because the, the the appetite by the fans and just gamers in general know that Insomniac, the guys that made the original play, um, Spider-Man game back in 2018, and Miles Morales came out there in 2020 on the PS5 and the PS4. This is the first dedicated PS5-only Spider-Man 2 game coming out in October, if I remember correctly, and it's just going to sell gangbusters. It's going to be enormous, and we feel that you know that they're already pushing it on on Mar- marketing and billboard campaigns. San Diego Comic-Con was on there a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, Gamescom is coming up now in Cologne in Germany at the end of August. There's going to be a huge push there from from Sony to kind of showcase this title. So, yeah, that's one, again, I'm incredibly excited about, if you can't tell already. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going, to be a, it's going to be a good Christmas for, for gamers um, across the board. You know, Nintendo are going to have a new Super Mario Brothers game. Um, they're going to have a, the Pikmin game just came out. So we, it's good eating, as they say. We're, we're, we're eating good this Christmas with all these titles. My final question is, are you bored of the PSVR 2 yet? That's a very good question. And I am not. Oh, go on. No, I'm still, I'm still, I'm just finding the time is the only problem. I really want to be able to sit, like you've got, you got to commit, you got to put the headset on, you got to make sure there's nobody coming into the house, there's nobody leaving the house and they're going to be scared the bejesus out of you if they touch you on the shoulder because uh, obviously you're fully immersed but I'm still playing it and there's still titles I want to go back to I haven't finished yet. So I'm, yeah, I'm actually still popping it on whenever I get the chance and I absolutely love it. You're so predictable, John Riley. So predictable. You didn't want that answer, but I'm sorry. You got it, yeah. Fine. Uh, Look, thank you for that. There is plenty to read over on theeffect.net in terms of gaming news, tech news and all the rest. Uh, John, as always, thanks so much for joining us here on News Talk. Cheers, Jess. Uh, I mentioned it to John there, but there was a story this week, uh, a study by Pure Telecom, that shows the total video streaming spend has increased 
by more than 330 million since 2021. The average adult in Ireland spends €28.26 a month on video streaming subscriptions. And the figures show that we're spending €1.3 billion a year on streaming services. This one got me, I have to be honest with you, because uh, as I mentioned there to John, I have uh, YouTube Premium. I have, on and off, I have Netflix. On and off, I have Apple TV. On and off, I have Audible, the audiobook streaming service. Uh, I also pay for cloud storage. I also pay for news uh, outlets. The amount of money leaving my account every single month for subscriptions is bananas. Uh, And so that's why I kind of laughed at the figure of €28.26 sent just for video streaming subscriptions because if you think about it you know if you pay for the top tier uh, Netflix subscription that's already 20 uh, 21 quid gone which again is a significant amount of money but I would love to hear from you do you ever sit down with a highlighter and your bank statement printed out and go through it all and be like oh geez maybe I'm spending more than I think I should and what ones would you let go of uh, as I said to John there, I've kind of ditched Netflix because I've just had a busy few weeks. I haven't sat down uh, to watch TV at all recently, uh, which is bananas again, because I'm still paying for other ones. Let's not get into it. I don't want to focus on the amount of money I waste. But uh, have you let go of any streaming services? What one did you let go of? Or do you have that fear of missing out and just keep them all? Uh, you can email me techtalk at newstalk.com. Now, when we come back, Tom Douglas is going to join me to talk about AI and photography. <laughs> 